Good evening, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of The Root of All Ashley. If you're listening, then good news. My toaster bath bomb did work. Apparently, those things need to be plugged in when you use them. I'm your host, Ashley, and as always, my co-host, Adriana. Adriana, say hi to the people. Hi to the people. I'm still here, still alive, still kicking for all those enemies who want to see me perish in a big ball of fiery flames. Too bad for you, nanny nanny boo boo. I'm still here. How are you? Who would want to see you perish, though? You'd be surprised. I mean, whether it be ex-co-workers, ex-girlfriends, ex-best friends, somebody out there wants to see me on fire, and they're very disappointed that I'm still doing this show because, alas, I am not ablaze. Someone would be very upset with their own inner turmoil to wish perish upon you because I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, you're just like kind of, you're just, you just vibe, you, you kind of like you're neutral, you have a neutral monotone type of voice and you can be very relatable, you're very centered, you don't can, you don't do drama, things like this, it's like it's, for me I'm trying to envision how I could possibly hit you. I mean, with the whole Star Wars, you know, thing, that was the closest to hatred I ever felt, but still wasn't there, so I just don't see how other people were like, you know, I wish to see him swan dive off of a bridge over a very busy interstate like I-4. Well, I mean, in all fairness, you know, you should speak to some of my exes. I mean, you know, they want to see me set on fire or, you know, being stung in a crotch by a thousand bees or something, but I digress. I mean, I'm a decent human being all around, but not n- not not liked by some. But it's okay, though. I'm kind of too old to care. It's more entertaining to watch people still loathe my guts. But, you know, it definitely says something about their personality. But as a t-shirt I says... Want to, I just want to find one of your exes or, most, or multiple. I just want to send them a random message of like, hey... That, that Adrian guy, fuck him, right? And I just want to see the responses. <laughs> and once again, the moment you say that, the floodgates will be open and you'll have tons and tons of stories. So, I mean, more often than not, you know, I mean, your exes will probably say some gnarly things about you too. And, you know, I mean, it'll be a hit piece, as the kids would say, on us. And But it'll be entertaining and it'll get us a whole lot of clicks and likes. I mean, because I'm all about the self-deprecating humor. So there's nothing anybody can say about me to hurt my feelings that I can't say about myself. See, by all means, like, I'm not saying I was perfect, that I didn't have any issues, but I would love for you to find an ex that thoroughly hates my guts, because I still have exes. It's like, it's, you can ask most women that have, I mean, even for you, I don't know, but I just talked to this with other girls. Uh, I have, like, exes that, from when I was 18 to right before I met my husband to whatever, that still will message me. Like, it's like a certain time of the year. It's like, they all just decide to huddle together. I'm like, oh, okay, this is the month. We planned this out for the last three years. This year, it's this month that we are all going to message her and ask her how she's doing, if she's still married. How married is she still? I miss her. I wish we could reconnect. It's so much bullshit. And even now, me being 28, so this is just like, because I've been with my husband for over eight years now. And... I'm still getting exes that message me at least every year. I will block them. I will ignore their messages or whatever. It's like they find a different way to find me. And it's just, it's it's so weird. So yeah, if you can find ex that can talk smack about me, I'm pretty sure you can find one because again, uh, I am a handful. But at the same time, I'm like, 
Motherfucker, you were just trying to slide into my DMs like last Christmas. Shut the hell up. <laughs> well, like I said before in my previous shows, you know, I have zero time for negative energy. And if somebody's going to waste their energy still hating me after all this time, by all means, I don't mind because I'm old enough and wise enough to go, I was a schmuck too during most of it, and it's okay. But if you still have the energy to hate on me and to bury me and stuff like that, it's okay. It's no problem. Because I guarantee you, the person that you're burying me you know, to really don't care. They're just in it for the gossip or the tea, as the kids would say. And they'll go in one ear and out the other. But it's all right. I mean, I would love to hear the, you know, the stories about me that are evil and horrid and stuff like that. Because to me, it's entertaining. So it'd make a great show. I don't mind to sit in on those conversations i would just like let's invite those exes let's just invite them you know you can be a silent partner in the background but i'm like i'm like yeah that guy adrian fuck him right and they're like yeah and like they talk all the smack and then plot twist you join the chat yeah you know the moment i did that they would freak out like leatherface at the end of chainsaw just flinging his chainsaw around you know just freaking out i think i would elicit that kind of reaction you know, but the real ones would just kind of shrug their shoulders and go, huh, how you doing? You know, and life will move on because I'm a boring guy. And, and most of my exes, I hope, have moved on to bigger. Thank you. You know, I, I walked into that. I really walked into that. I hope they're all doing well. And I hope they're all flourishing and, you know, they're successful. And I hope they're happy because too much energy should not be wasted on me in a very hateful kind of way. But as my t-shirt would say, I digress. That t-shirt. See, there you go. That's you know, that's a cheap plug for the uh, Cafe Press forward slash W-A-C-E. But it's not my show. This is your show. How is life treating you in the big bad world of Florida? There's really nothing that much going on. It, there's like nothing to talk about, honestly, what's going on in my life. Uh, I just did a party with friends this past weekend and it was probably like the best party I've been to in years it, I mean it was just fun all around like nothing but shenanigans obviously drinking the like everyone brought different things of food and every, like every dish of food that was brought was just amazing nothing was like cheaply made like oh I just simply threw this together or I bought you know the really disgusting cupcakes from the grocery store everyone made like their own unique dish and it, everything just hit I loved it, um, but we were there till like past midnight. We got there about six, and again, just complete shenanigans, really dark humor games. Like there's a card game called Disturbed Friends, and that was pretty good. Which is really nice thing, because occasionally you do need those moments where you hang out with friends and just have a total fuck off kind of party and just relax and you know just be loud and boisterous and just have a good time and just forget about the world. So I mean, I really do commend you for having something like that, because I saw you know some stills on your Instagram and you know it, was, it looked quite enjoyable. It was. I wasn't in any of the photos. I'm still in the part where I don't like to be it photographed because I'm my hair is still growing back because the last time you've seen me I mean my hair was longer but it was still becoming very thin and so I pretty much like from November like my hair was shedding by like a lot from effects from what I went through last year what everything my body went through 
and I lost about 75% of my hair. So come, like I try to save face, try to save my hair, the length and everything, but it just got to be, it's like, okay, it's very too thin. You clearly see the spots in my scalp and whatnot. So trimming with the hair, I just kept my hair, you know, pinned back. So my hair is short, it's above my shoulders still, but it's, it's getting, it's thick, it's growing, it's coming back, but I'm still not happy with my appearance, so I refuse to take part in photographs. And people get annoyed, I'm like, listen, no, I'm not, I'm not fighting this, I'm not getting the photo. We'll talk about it at the end of this year when my hair is like back at where it was before. But in the meantime, don't ask you to be in a photo, I don't want to do it. Well, for me, I don't take photos because I'm ugly. No, um, I just really don't take photos at all. I don't find myself very photogenic. And for the listeners out there, no, that's not a cry for help. That's not a sympathy. Oh, you're handsome. You're not. No, no, it's just, no, it's not a sympathy thing. It's, it's a me thing. I'm self-aware to understand my limitations as far as photography and films and stuff like that. So it's no problem. I can make a joke about myself and I can move on. I can't. I can make a joke of myself, and it and the jokes just keep coming, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming. That was a yeah. hey now you're an, you're an all star type thing going yes. on. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sweet. In a very monotone, bland way, but it just hit me like right then. I'm like, oh man, I should have prepared myself more for the lyrics. Um, I I mean, I guess in the way I've never really been into photos. I mean, because I've never been happy with my appearance either. But I could do selfies with the Snapchat filters. It doesn't feel okay because I didn't look disgusting. But even now, there's like hardly any photographs I'll even touch because both my parents were I am of the heavier set and I do not appreciate how I look versus everything else. So it's just like, what? And I love it when someone's like, oh, but you're beautiful. Listen, we're not, we're not debating my parents here. I don't like how I look. I don't want to be in photos cut and dry as simple as that because with my job we record a lot of promotional videos for our company website a lot and every week they're like Ashley being this I'm like nope I'm the director I am behind the scenes of the genius but you know I other than that I don't want to be in the videos and I'm, and of course and this is a good place where they can't force me I love it because that's an HR violation I'm like haha suckers <laughs> oh So now I want to kind of change this because I know we've already been talking about this and I know you and I like to go off train and you and I both are not ones to follow mainstream media, uh, what's going, what's hot today. We're not, you and I are both based, not really for that, Uh, unless like it's for the jokes and whatnot, but other than that, we don't really see, we don't really care what's going on, what's the like what just hit Twitter last night. But I want to talk about this just because originally, again, I didn't care. And then today at work, still not really caring about, I'm enjoying the memes. But my coworkers start bringing this up. And then thinking, okay, hold on. I I don't care, but I disagree on this. So I want to hear any kind of opinion you have about, about what happened at the Oscars with Will Smith hitting Chris Rock. Now, again, I don't expect you to care about the situation, but I want your opinion. Do you think if you were in that situation, it was your wife, would you have responded that way? Like, so do you think Will is in the right? Do you think it's like in between? Like, what were your opinions on what Will did? Well, I'm glad you asked because I don't care. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
this is one of the main reasons why I like you so much. Because you don't give a shit about anything else outside of your bubble. Now, most people would misconstrue that as, you know, oh my God, you're selfish, you're unaware, you're just blissfully ignorant. No, I think it's... I I don't think so. (laughs) I just love the term self-aware to understand that you're comfortable in yourself. You don't need the outside stimulation or to be in the know or to interact with that water cooler talk. And we get along in a very sarcastic manner to where we just don't care. Now, in saying that, I don't care. But as far as my opinion goes, without going into too much of a rant, I'll keep it brief. This society has become very soft. And so soft to where a comedian can't be a comedian. There is no such thing as comedians anymore. Because everyone is overly sensitive about a joke, about an anecdote, about a clever quip, anything of the sort. Because someone is going to get butt hurt over anything that they say. You realize you're going to an award show. You realize that the MC is a comedian. You realize you know who he is and what he's going to do. And this is his job to be entertaining. Now, it could be at the expense of yourself, your wife, the director, the car attendant. It's going to be humor. Whether it's malicious or not is a whole other story. The joke that he made, in my opinion, Twitter, comments, everything, just relax. In my opinion, it wasn't really a big deal. He incorporated her into a reference of an old 90s movie. He didn't pick at her personally. He didn't make fun of her disease. He didn't do anything of the sort. He didn't make it personal. He just made a simple little quip. She got butt hurt. She looked at her husband for some kind of validation. So he pretty much said yes dear in a non-verbal communicating way and went up and he assaulted the host which in all honesty he should have been arrested for now on the flip side if my wife who will marry me um if my wife you know got offended i would kind of look at her and you know i kind of give her you know the stink eye going this is where we're at right now you knew we were kind of walking into the situation and stuff like that. And if it hurt that much, I would pull them aside after the show and have a conversation. Now, where that conversation would lead to would be a whole other story. But I wouldn't embarrass myself like that. And yourself? I, 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 I pretty much agree with you. I, it's, so it's with comedy. Um, I get it if... So, so I guess... So how a friend brought it to me is Chris Rock did do a documentary on um for because for his daughter and like i guess she has his own conditions for for black women and their hair and like how pro- how they take a lot of pride in it so if we're trying to make that joke knowing jada's conditions and stuff it was a low hit but again he wasn't making fun of her condition and what she has it was making a reference because i mean you look at the top half of her she's wearing that like forest green and of, of course the shaved head look He's not calling her ugly. He's not, again, making fun of her, like, the disease she has. He referenced her to G.I. Jane, which, like you said, is a 90s movie. And G.I. Jane is a babe. It, it's not like, oh, G.I. Jane was some brutally disgusting, monstrous woman, and he was comparing... No, so there was not... It was like, a, like you, as you said, a quip. There was nothing downright bad about it. I mean, Will was initially laughing at it, so, you know, of course, the yes year goes up... And by the way of responding that way, 
this is where my co is like, oh yeah, if you talk smack about my other half, we're gonna start swinging hands. So, and I'm thinking, well, we just were at this party and I smack talk both of your other halves. Like, where did you didn't smack me for? Oh, because we're joking around and we're all doing, okay, well, we're, we're joking around, we're having fun. And I didn't make any downright demeaning jokes. And again, this is a public place. This is Chris Rock, who is a comedian. If you had Kevin Hart up there, I'm pretty sure he would have done worse when it comes to roasting people. Um, and or I've seen, you know, that's what comedians do. They roast people in the audience. That's part of the shit. Or so I get if it's if it's one on one, someone's making fun of your your other half. Okay, you know, the immature way to respond is to get physical. But I think maturely is like, hey. Don't talk to my spouse like that. I don't appreciate it. I understand you're joking, but please don't do that. Now, if they continue to do so, okay, someone's going to get popped. But then you're in a public place like that. Will Smith should have responded like, okay, I'm clearly pissed off. She's pissed off. As soon as we go backstage, I'm going to talk to man to man like, hey, I don't appreciate that you disrespect my wife, knowing full well what she's going through. Um, I need you to apologize to her, whether it be publicly or not. But so, and then this, it's like a hypocritical thing because Will Smith is all about love and peace and being the better, better person. But at the same time, I also believe that this whole entire thing was staged, which is why I didn't care about it in the first place. As soon as I heard about it last night, I mean, like, oh God, this is all that anyone's going to talk about for like the next two weeks. And... I did a, the biggest eye roll where I thought my eyes were going to get stuck in the back of my head because, again, I didn't care. Um, and people were saying, oh, no, it's real, it's real. I still don't fully believe it was real. You're, they're like, oh, if you see everyone's reactions. Yes, you mean all the reactions of the auditorium literally full of actors and actresses. Okay. So... There's nothing else that happened at the Oscars that was like a wow or a big huge moment that anyone's going to talk about. And the Oscars, the Grammys, all these award shows are already starting to fade out of the limelight. No one's really caring about them anymore. No, like all these things. So every year you need something to happen there when usually it's always staged. So for this to have happened, I'm... I still believe it's staged, but if it wasn't, that was my argument with him is, I don't think he should have responded violently. I think that was very immature of him. I understand wanting to stand up for your partner, but it's a com it's a comedian. Like if my husband and I are standing together, if someone's making jokes, because my husband's Middle Eastern, you're making Middle Eastern jokes, the, the typical stereotypical jokes. I might laugh, but depending on the degree, if I get upset, like, hey, you know, cool it on the jokes, it's fine, whatever. My initial response isn't going to, let me go smack him upside the head. Who does that? Unless you're childish. And, like, now you got physical with my husband? Yeah, of course, I'm going to get physical back with you. And now, if we go to a comedian show and someone's roasting my husband, by all means, I signed up for it, we signed up for it, because we went to a comedy show. And the other tidbit I have with this is now look at this is opening doors for people that are immature that want to be like Will Smith and think you know it's okay to do it because they're idiots to go to a comedy show and a comedian 
does what they do they roast somebody and someone's gonna be like oh well they're upset so i'm gonna do the thing to make them happy and you're gonna go and get physical with the comedian and it's just as you said the the society has gotten soft and i full-on agree with this and i was very frustrated like not to the point like it was just a simple conversation but my coworker was like oh well i think comedians take it too far and i'm and i'm like listen i said i think the comedians don't take it far enough because they're nowadays they don't they don't they're afraid to talk about certain things without being eaten live you see dave chappelle what happened with him you see a lot of other things that go on with some of these comedians and it's awful and i hate it because that's what their job is they're making humor out of something that people can find funny and laugh about they're not downright purposely insulting somebody you know they're like i hate you because you're this way no let's make a joke out of it and we can all laugh together so going back to i don't care about celebrities i don't care about their drama i don't care about any gossip i still fully believe that this was sage but if it wasn't i don't think what was in the right chris you know it was a clip you know if he knew about her her condition could have been a low blow. I don't know. I think he. I think he was crashing. He wasn't really getting much laughs, so he kind of did a desperate thing. So I don't think it was fully right on other on either side. I understand both sides of the point, or both sides of the fence for both of them, but I don't agree. And things could have been handled maturely, but again, because of the setting, because of the place, because of who's all watching, is why I think it's staged, and I don't care about it. It's interesting to look at both sides of the coin, you know, because once again, as you touched on about comedy, you go to a comedy show, and my sister is a comedian, and she's talked about this so many times at nauseum. I've fallen down the YouTube rabbit hole, and I've seen this so many times to where a comedian would do his shtick, his or her shtick, and somebody in the audience would get offended. And I've always scratched my head and got angry, you know, and then I had to take a step back, and I'm like, Really? You know, are you that much of a moron to go to a comedy show, spend money on a comedy show, take time off your busy life to support a comedian and then get upset over something they say and then lash out or try to get them canceled or anything else in between, forgetting that they're a comedian. It's their job to elicit laughter and thought and everything else like that, but you're too wrapped up in your own little world to realize you paid money to laugh. And if you're not laughing, why don't you leave? You know? Like being allergic to seafood and going to a seafood restaurant. Yeah, and eating and seafood. There's not enough options for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that, and I'm going to keep saying this over and over and over again, I think it's a generational thing because so many people want to be heard. So what do you do to be heard? You know, you have to be the loudest person in the room. So the loudest person in the room gets the most attention. So if you hear a joke at a comedy show and you get offended and you lash out or swing or heckle or something like that because you're missing something in your life and you want to save everybody by just forcing your opinion down their throats because you don't find this person funny because they offended you in some sort of way. This is one of the reasons why now I guess I'm that old, crumudgeon old man that just yells at clouds from, you know, from his castle. Because dealing with this particular generation of people are just so soft 
it's ridiculous. And do I think it's it was staged or not? That's not really for me to decide. But I just think it was just another pitiful display of humanity and what kind of attention that they want. Because to me, to piggyback on what you said, you know, it's it's the Oscars. You know what you were walking into. If you didn't agree with it, you could have stayed home and accepted your Oscar at home. You know, or if that joke offended you that much from a comedian, you could have just left. But that's just my opinion. Not everyone is as calm as I am. You know, not everyone is as cynical and sarcastic as I am. So that's just my take on it. But you can look up social media and you'll see the outrage from top to bottom hugging both sides. You know, so it's one of those things where there is no right or wrong answer because everyone has their own opinion of it and they're right and they're going to make you believe they're right. If not, then, you know, they're going to get mad and cancel you or bury you on social media. But that's just me. No, that's, that is how things happen. And that's just another reason why I don't really go with trends. I'm all about what's funny. Because to me, personally, for me, is everything is funny or nothing is funny. I understand that there are things that can offend people. There are certain jokes that I don't care for that people think they can make. Uh, like personally for me, I don't like jokes about the Down syndrome and the word that's used to it and other degrading words such that goes al along that line or that list. So th that's the type of humor I don't like, um, but I don't flat out get violent and cry about it. I might tell a friend, hey, you know, if you could just avoid making those jokes around me, it makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like it. And that's it. I don't. I don't go on there, and, and I mean, if I see a comedian make a joke like that, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna fast forward this part, or maybe I won't watch this person, but I don't need to get outraged about it. I'm like, you know what, it is what it is, everyone has their preference. I laugh about a lot of dark, morbid humor that other people would be like, oh my god, you are very disturbed and you need help, which is true, but, you know, so I understand that everyone agrees to the same type of comedy. But it doesn't mean everybody needs to agree what is right and what is wrong. And if 40% of people are offended, well, the other 60% need to think along the lines as them. Or they're, they're horrible people. So it's just, I don't like it. It's, that again, this is why I stay away from mainstream media. Uh, I just share memes, like, I, I can be aware of a situation, but if I see, and I don't care about it, but if I see a funny meme re reference to it, I'm going to share it, I'm going to laugh about it. I'm aware of the situation. Am I going to voice my thoughts and opinion on it? Not so much, to where I'm going to die on the hill on, you know, who on who, or who's the best couple versus this couple. I don't, I don't care. If it's funny, I share it. If it's not, I don't, I don't care. Uh, like even now at, at work, I'm like watching the memes. I'm looking through them. I was trying to, I was trying to look on my phone right now, trying to find a funny meme to try to explain it, but I can't find it again. But that's just how it works, I guess. <laughs> um, but to turn us away because I don't want to keep going down this rabbit hole. Well, I mean, I because I feel like you're gonna... well, Go ahead. I, I don't want to interrupt. I'm sorry. I just have one one little capper to to to, to put this on. And am I going to go there? Yes, I'm going to go there, folks. For those of you who do not, you know, who are not in the know, I'm a black man. I've been a black man my whole entire life. I've been called the N-word since I can remember. I've been called the N-word so many times I thought it was my name. 
And the reason why I'm saying this is because there's so many things to offend you in this world. Jokes aren't one of them. Jokes does not offend me because once again, you know, being being an African American, a black man, or whatever have you call it, a person of color, I've survived everything under the sun thrown in my way. So a joke is not going to offend me. And I believe a joke shouldn't offend them in the least bit because of all the crap that we've gone through, you know, as a race and of all the crap that women have gone through as a race. You know, um, you would think stuff like that shouldn't even scratch the surface of being offensive. But as my shirt says, I digress. So let's move on to something else. Yes. So, okay, so go completely different direction here. Can you think, I mean, there's so there's either it's superstition, it's OCD, it's a habit stems from trauma. What are things that you do necessarily out of habit or everything I just listed and you just can't stop yourself from doing it? Like for me, for instance, like a typical one I, I've noticed some people do through the internet, I thought I was the only one. When I go to use a bathroom that has a shower curtain, you know, because there's the doors, if someone, if there's a shower curtain, I have to open the shower curtain before I can use the bathroom because I'm always terrified that there's someone behind it that's ready to kill me in my weakest moment. <laughs> I'm not laughing because of you. I'm laughing because I do the exact same thing. You'd be surprised how many people do exactly the same thing. It's, it's weird. Uh, I, I don't know what really stems from it. I, I think I have an irrational fear. There's my brothers that play, play that played pranks on me, but as far as I can go back, that's I have to do that. Um, I I don't have OCD. I have OCD. I think maybe like slight, but I'm all about it has to be even. If I turn up the volume on the TV or lower it, and I have to leave it at an even number. I can't have it on odd. I feel like something bad's going to happen, so I always have to be even. Every vehicle I'm in. Like if I'm driving my mom's car, my husband's car, or even past vehicles, I have to leave the volume at a certain level before I turn it off. If I'm in my husband's car, it has to be at four bars. That's, his, that's how his volume is set. It's not by numericals, it's just by the bars. I have to leave it at four bars or some part of me panics and thinks we're going to get hit with a nuclear bomb. Uh, with my past two vehicles I've ever had, I had their own volume settings where a certain number my current car, I have to leave my car, turn the volume turned down to 10 before I turn it off. And I, I don't know. I, that's the OCD with me, I guess. No, you're not alone. Here, I'll give you one example. I do the exact same thing. Even though when I come home, I walk my whole house. Just That's just the way I am because I'm all about you know, being by myself in my castle. So I need to make sure nobody's in there but me. You know, if not my little one. And I pull back the shower curtain when I use the restroom because I've seen the movie Saw way too many times. Um, when I'm in my room cleaning, I have to check my closet because I don't want anyone in my closet jumping out and attacking me or even playing a prank because I will stab someone above the head and neck with an unsharpened pencil. And I check it every single night. I don't know whether I'm a fraidy cat. I don't know whether it's part of my uh, DNA makeup to where I have to check everything before I call it a night. That's... That's my OCD part. And once again, I guarantee you, everybody does it too. So I don't walk my house. For me, 
I'm like, you know, if someone's here to kill me, let them come out. Let it be done. Just let it be quick. I don't want to die in pain. Um, I'm just thinking about So this is another one. I have one of those night lights that, you know, you turn on, you can change the colors and the settings, but it basically have stars and whatnot on your ceiling. And it's it's not one of the really high grade one that really looks like it's galaxy. That's like one of those smaller ones that you'd use for a kid. But it's like it's pretty much the last gift my dad gave me because he knew I liked what I would like to have them and I you know and I didn't care about the quality. So that was his last gift for me before he had passed away, it was for Christmas. And I still use it and I refuse to have I I've, I've bought a lava lamp recently and I wanted to have it in my room but I switched it to the game room because I couldn't go a night without having that light and still have to have that light going as uh, until it no longer works and even then I'll probably cry my eyes out but I always so if I have to work the next day I have to have it set on the purple light setting and that I set the time for 480 minutes I don't know I get it's the odd it's the even number for me four eight is like my go-to numbers um, and it's purple, and it just stemmed from, okay, when I have it on the setting the next day at work, it's not going to be a bad day. It's not gonna be horrible, because there's been times that I set the time on there, it wasn't at 4.80, or I chose a different color, and I had a miserable day the next day. So now that's like a superstition built in with me, that if I have to work the next day, it's going to be on the purple light setting, and it's gonna be for 480 minutes. If I don't work the next day, I don't care what setting is on, I don't care what color it is, I'm fine, but if there's work, it has to be that, and that's why I always set it, and I don't, and my husband set it, because I have to turn it off and switch it back on, and redo it. <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think each of us have our own little quirks that, once again, I mean, you think it's only, you know, that you do it, everybody and their grandmother does it, um, I have a routine uh, every t every day I come home. Like I said, I walk my house, take off my shoes instantly, and which makes me really laugh because I watch Criminal Minds, and always make the inside joke that the criminals will definitely know my pattern, and they know a very easy way to kill me. So for those of you who are listening, I'm changing up my pattern after the conversation's over in this podcast. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of other little quirks you know that I have that are pretty much universal, I guess. Um, it's where you know where you lock your bathroom door, even if you're there by yourself, or if you're sleeping by yourself in your house, you lock your room door. I do that. It's you know it's all about safety, and you psych yourself out because you watch way too many horror movies or TV shows about murder. This is one of the main things I do, also. Uh, watch Criminal Minds too. I've I've been watching it for years, and I think the only I just haven't really cared for like the the last few seasons. But that show is coming back, so I'm excited for it. But I, I liked, like, probably the first 12, 13 seasons. I forgot how many, but I loved, like, all up until Hotch left the show. Pretty much spoilers if you didn't watch it, but you know what? The show's been out for years, so that's your own damn fault. Anyway. Yeah, it, I agree with you. It's all, a lot of habits can be, is pretty much fear-based. It's superstition. I, I tend to be a logical person. I'm not religious. Um, you know, I don't... I like to find the logic in things. I also believe in there's something else. I don't know what. Because there's some things I've seen and happen that I cannot explain logically. I just can't do it. But for the most part, I try to see things logically. But, of course, there's the superstitions that you're, you're raised with, or most it's just a common thing. 
you know, don't walk under a ladder, don't break a mirror, that's bad luck. Um, what's another one? Don't open an umbrella inside. If you spill salt, toss it over your shoulder really quick. These are things I follow because I'm terrified. I'm like, God, I don't need any luck, bad, any more bad luck. I have enough of it. Um, I try to watch what jokes I make, but like if it's, I'm all for about, you know, swan diving uh, into the pool of sharks or things, in, but I don't know, it's certain jokes that, oh, um, hopefully um, you don't get in a car accident on your way here. I don't say things like that because I feel like, because you, you see those stories online where someone gets into a really bad accident and maybe a couple weeks before they had a post made about something regarding it. They had just told their friends about something like that. It's just something that, that was already out there. And then it happened to them a couple weeks later. So I'm one of those type of people that I make my jokes, but I'm very wary on something that can be very real. And I try to avoid those, those type of things. Interesting. I used to do that a lot too. And I'm going to stand on my soapbox just for a couple seconds. I think we're afraid to be ourselves more often than not. You know, I think we're afraid to really, to really beat nerds, really make those jokes, that jokes we make in our head, you know, that we know, yes, they're bad, but they're jokes. They're humor. You know, if you know, the people that you, if you know the company that you keep and they know who you are and accept who you are, don't be afraid to be yourself around them and make that joke or talk about it or talk about that uncomfortable topic because that's just who you are. If they can't handle it, they shouldn't be around you in the first place because they know who Ashley is and they know who Adrian is. You know, so they, you know, so they really shouldn't be shocked, you know, about your brand of humor, your brand of sarcasm. Because that's what they fell in love with, and that's why they became your friend because of your humor. You know, the older we get, the less filters we have because we realize that we're going to say what we want to say and damn the consequences as long as we're not, you know, wishing cancer on somebody or something. You know, but we're just not afraid to be ourselves. And I think once again, I'm going to say that magical word, the generational thing, that. People are afraid to be themselves, and that's the most unnerving thing ever, ever. Which, once again, this is why I choose to stay in my castle, you know, choose to be single, choose just to be, to be comfortable in my own skin, because it's been years since I've been comfortable with who I am. Now that I am perfectly fine with who I am, I say whatever, I act however, and, you know, and if you choose not to like it, then go piss up a rope kind of thing. You know, I'm just not afraid to be me anymore. So, like, I, I agree to that. I, I guess everyone's different. Yeah, of course. Uh, there are certain jokes I still don't share online. And, you know, just going back to, like, with this podcast things that we talk about. And there's, like, with my coworkers, for the most part, I get along with all my coworkers. We all have a great time. We all hang out outside of work. And it's fun. But they don't really see the real me. Um, like, how far my jokes can actually go or my sense of humor my true thoughts and feelings and things i just stay kind of neutral i kind of stay and do what i know they expect me to be or where i know it's okay but i know if like okay if i become my true self this is going to end very very badly because i work with a 
I at least know three people I work with are very that are religious. I mean, they actually attend church and do this stuff, and they don't. I well, one person they are are kind of aware that of my views with religion, not without expressing it, but knows I don't. I clearly don't attend church, but they don't really know how far it goes. Um, my thoughts and feelings about it, and all this stuff. So there's a lot of things that they don't know, and. I can tell when it comes to the knit, to the knit and grit what you and I talk about. They're not going to see eye to eye with that. And that's where it's like, it's not me being afraid of them finding out. It's I don't want to deal with it when they do. It's going to be the questions. It's going to be this. Like, I don't care if you're a butthurt about it. I don't care if I offend somebody. If you're someone I truly care about and I make a joke that deeply hurts you, that's a whole different thing. And if you ask me, hey, please, I don't appreciate that. Please don't make a joke about that with me hearing it, okay, hey, I respect that. But it's a whole different thing is, this is my opinion, you just simply disagree with my opinion and now you view me in a different light, well, you can go fuck yourself, I don't care. You know, what, what's your opinion gonna do for me and my life choices? But I can respect it, like, hey, if you don't like it, I won't talk about it around you, I won't do things like that, I will respect your boundaries and your space, and I will continue to be myself around other people I know I can be like this. So there's like two sides of that coin there. I can respect somebody, but at the same time, don't expect me to change myself because you're upset. Um, like I had a different train of thought here going on. So, and then there's where, there's not really anyone, there really isn't one person on this planet anymore that actually knows me 100%. The closest person might be my oldest brother. Um, him and I are very much alike emotionally, and I can talk to him about some things, but there's a lot he still doesn't know about me. There's a lot I still haven't told him about. Even now, him and I don't really talk. When, when we chat on Snapchat almost every day, but we don't actually have in-depth conversations. We save that for when we're hanging out, when we see each other the few times a year that we do. But not even my own husband, not any of my best friends. There's always, pre and like I imagine this is the same for almost everybody. There's, there's everybody I'm around that I'm close with that there's a lot of things that are hold off, that are blocked out. I don't, I don't share. Um, this started from, you know, of course, young, naive Ashley, that's a teenager that was, because you know me as I am, and you've known me for like the last handful of years from when we started working together. The person that I was before you met me, so let's say the person I was up until I was about almost 19 years old. I was a very sweet and caring and happy person. I mean, when I say sweet, it, there wasn't my morbid jokes, there wasn't me being an asshole. I was very just like complete polar opposite of who I am now. Um, I was very open, and then of course the real world, real world hit me. Friends that I thought and people I thought I could trust, a lot of people deeply hurt me. They, a lot of events happened to me, both even when I was younger, and I just never processed it until now that I'm older. So a lot of things had hit me and changed me to where there's a lot of friends. They won't see parts of me, and I won't let it happen. Even my own husband. It's like, I don't, I don't open myself to this. I don't want to share it. My husband still is aware of a lot of traumatic things that happened to me because I don't want to talk about them. I know it's a part of the stage to help move on and 
process and all that other psychological I have to do I'm like I again hey I respect it I do care about you as a person and you don't want to hear that I will do my very best to never say that around you again because I don't want you to be upset to the other side is hey what I said upset you I won't say anymore, but Jesus Christ, fucking drop it. I don't want to keep hearing it and how I've upset you. What do you want me to do about it? I can't press that magical button and undo it. I said, I'm sorry. I won't talk about it with you again. Let's let it go. And then there's people that just don't want to let it go. And then, of course, me not trusting people. So it really just comes down to I don't want to deal with any of it. I want to be in my own little bubble, be left alone. And that's kind of it. And I can agree with you on so many levels. Um, I used to be a very open person. I used to share a whole hell of a lot about myself. You know, until, you know, those traumas have come along, the things that I let affect me from people, place, thing, animal, mineral, vegetable, everything of the sort. And then I kind of retreated into myself because of the hurt and the pain and everything that comes along with it. And out of the ashes of all of that, I just learned to basically just share your same sentiment. I just stay by myself because it's not necessarily much safer. It's just once again, I'm comfortable enough in my own skin to have a good time on my own, to really just enjoy being by myself and doing the things that I want to do. And I can say whatever I want, do whatever I want without hurting anybody or worrying about saying the wrong thing. Because you'd be surprised with my self-deprecating humor, it offends other people. I find that utterly hilarious. I'm talking about myself in the third person, you know, just shooting jokes and just being silly, and somebody gets offended. And that just makes me want to go back in my castle and lock the door, and years go by, I'm still that old guy screaming at clouds because I can't relate to the common human being. And that's not on purpose. Trust me, that's not on purpose. I try my hardest to interact with people and have that connection. But for whatever reason, I'm just that different breed of cat that just can't really relate or get along with the common person. I I do make connections with some people, but they're so rare that I can count them on one hand. And I realize now that's not really a detriment. That's just a gift. Because you have to be pretty damn special to be part of my circle. And if that sounds selfish and egotistical and narcissistic, it's not. It's just a, you know, it's just a reality of it. You know, I mean, I'd rather be hated for who I am than love for who I'm not. You know, and I think, I think you might feel the same way. I, I'm not too sure. I get, uh, if I had to choose between, yes, I would agree more to that. For me, it's just simply, I don't care, but... You know, that's the hard and actually that's saying that. Yes. Excuse me. I would like for friends to be genuinely want to be friends for me. Um, there's a part of me that I would like to have close friends, someone that I can talk to every single day. Like, oh my God, bitch, you, do you realize what just happened? Blah, blah. Like just having that connection with somebody. And I don't really have that with anyone. Like I might have it with a temporary person. It's like, okay, maybe for a couple of months, we're constantly chatting every single day. Oh my God, can you believe this happened? Or here's a funny meme. And I don't really have any true friendships where, so Jeffrey, who we had on the podcast last episode, 
am I every day are constantly showing me this book as in texting constantly on that level you know we're not like that we don't we, we don't we're not giggling gossip girl giggling schoolgirls, unless we're actually right hanging out with each other but over the phone we're not like that um I've had friends where it's you know I honestly thought it was turning into a really cool friendship that we actually were on the same wavelength and we could hang out all the time and stuff and then after a couple months it's like oh I'm not hanging out with you anymore um and for instance um for the last eight years I lived in you know Brevard County Florida and I moved after being in Orlando. Orlando, mostly party friends. So when I moved to Brevard, I lost the majority of almost all of them. Living in Brevard, the, literally the first four and a half, five years, I didn't have any friends. I had the work friends, such as yourself, but I actually didn't really have any friends that I hung out with outside of work. And it was depressing. My husband, who's not even from this country, had like a, a ton of friends. And I'm like, what is wrong with me that I can't seem to make these type of friends? And then I got, you know, to know Veronica and her and I became friends. Uh, you and I have become friends over, over time as well. And so basically you and Veronica became the only friends of mine in Brevard. Then over the last two years, after I lost my dad, I became friends with a girl that is the girlfriend of a coworker. Her and I get along really great, but she has a lot of her own issues, like not in a bad way, about me. She has a lot of health issues and um, uh, like uh, there's a lot of problems on her ends that she can't deal with being around people. And I understand because I'm the same way to an extent, but hers goes more in depth. So we don't see each other that much nowadays. She's the type that, you know, she goes well off the rails and you don't hear from her at all, like just disappears. And then she comes back like, okay, let's hang out. And I don't say anything negative about that because she really is dealing with something medically. And then there's another girl who lived not even a mile from me. And I met her from going to the Ulta makeup store and we became good friends. We were like hung out almost every other day chatting every day, hanging out on weekends, like, you know, binging movies, going places. I mean, it was just fun. And then it just, just fell off. Um, it got to, she was avoiding hanging out. She was bailing on plans, not really feeling like work, like doing anything together, not really talking. And I, after a month of, or two months of this is, Hey, you know, did I say or do something wrong? I mean, we, we were hanging out all the time. We always talked. Like, I wanted to say I thought we were becoming best friends, but I didn't want to seem that desperate. I said, is there something I said or did? Because please tell me, I, you know, if I did anything, I didn't mean it intentional and I'd like to fix it. She says, no, it wasn't you, nothing like that. I'm just going through my own thing. Okay, okay, I, I respect that. But then it just never, I would make my own tense. And eventually I just give up. Um, if I have to constantly ask you to hang out, constantly be the one that initiates the conversation and I'm not really getting anything back from your end it gets tiring and I don't so I end up giving up on it after say almost six months and it's still like that I mean we're friends on social media and I've chatted with her maybe twice in like the last almost year I want to say two or three times but I part of me is just like okay maybe 
something really did not click between us and she woke up and realized that and just never decided to tell me maybe I did something wrong or so I'm already a very insecure person I am I try to show and be overconfident and not let people see on the inside I am insecure to the extreme I'm very insecure I don't care what other people think but at the same time there's that insecurity that's in there and I push it back so when things like that happen with her that's what damages me from being close and wanting to become really great friends with people and opening myself up to that vulnerability because I'm like well one day they're just gonna wake up like you know what she's not the type of friend I really care about and while me and my end I'm like oh we're becoming best friends and the, the other person's like nah I don't care for her and I just fades out and it's just it bothers me um so I like be, again going back to I like being in my bubble I like where Jeffrey and I are best friends and we talk every day and we know our boundaries with our friendship and we get along and our best like that's why he's like number one on my friendship list dear god don't tell anyone oh like my friends Becky and Veronica because they will freak the hell out it's like an ongoing debate but I mean and that strange and that strange guy you're doing a podcast with too I mean I won't tell him that'd be our little secret right no, they ever really listen to the podcast or something because yeah. it's always a oh I'm number one I'm the number one friend I'm like mm, sure okay we'll go with that <laughs> so it's it goes down to you know I don't want to open up the, I don't want to be vulnerable with people I hate it I can't stand it because it's like okay so at the moment I'm vulnerable bam the arrow strikes and I don't like that and it gets worse every single time I think maybe because I'm getting older. Um, it's at the point that I'm starting to be okay with losing people. I've lost a lot of people in my life. Um, I've cut people off. I just let people fade out. And I'm pretty sure one day I'm going to regret it. I'm going to be extremely lonely. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is easier. I'm not stressed out anymore. Um, maybe it's just, it's just how it's supposed to work. But I, it's just I'm seeing these things happen. I'm like, you know what? It's, I don't care. That that's my standpoint. Is I don't care. Well, I, mean, I think, I think it all depends upon you know, your circle of friends, and you realize that the more people you quote unquote lose, you're not really losing them because they were never your they were never your friends to begin with. You know, you were their friend, but they were not really your friend. You know, if you understand the difference, and you're right. The older you get the less people you're going to have in your circle. The less people you have in your circle, those people will really relate to who you are as a person. The ones that stay gone, like I said, they're not really your friends to begin with. So you're not really missing much. And it's nothing wrong with being guarded. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever because you've experienced so much that you know your expectation. And you know what you'll deal with and what you won't deal with. So there's nothing wrong in that. You know, I think there will be a time where you will open back up again but it has to be on your time just like for anything else you know you have to suffer a little a little bit to find out who you are again so it's natural it's normal it's it's nothing bizarre but once again that's just me i can only speak from my experiences i have a handful of people that i consider friend and there's nothing wrong with that maybe when i'm 70 or 80 i may have two friends or i may have 15 but until then, you know, I'm grateful for I'm grateful for the ones that I have. And I don't sweat the ones that I don't. Just a waste of energy. 
just like exes. You know, you want them to do well, you want them to live life, but you don't want to be around them. If you, you know, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, and all I can think is when you said, "Oh, maybe all in my seventies." All I can think is seeing you coming to visit you in the old folks' home, like, "Hey, Adriana, what? What did he say?" Chocolate. I'll, I'll be screaming at everybody. Chocolate. I'll be screaming at everybody at that age, and we'll be doing more podcasting by that time too. So it'll just be so bizarre. <laughs> I would love it to see you ever raise your voice because even when I remember when we worked together I was like I want to just see I just want to see Adrian mad irritated just one time and I could never get you irritated mad because I purposely was trying I was like hey are you mad are you mad are you annoyed about this what about this and just you're like no you know, like you go with the flow and it would like I just want to see you upset about something at least one time <laughs> and I still haven't really seen I've seen you get like a little irked but not full on like your face actually changes with how your mood is. You're just like the most neutral person I've ever met and it drives me up the wall. I'm like, just get angry one stupid time. I mean, that will be that will be my wish. You know, if there's something happens, you know, I'm not even making that joke, um, going back to my superstition, but that would be a wish for me. I'm like, just get him mad, get him mad, run over his cat, do something. I don't care what you have to do, get him mad. Well, I mean, for me, the thing of it is, I've always lived by this motto. If I have to yell or raise my voice or scream or anything like that to get my point across, I'm just going to disconnect myself from you. That's just the way I am. I've been through way too much, dealt with so much unnecessary things to where I had to lose my zen and raise my voice. It's not worth it. It's truly, truly not worth it. And I do not fall for the ideology of... You know, if it if it means that much to you and they bring out that emotion in you, then keep them. I'm like, no, I'm not going to give myself a heart attack yelling and screaming at somebody to see my point or, you know, acknowledge my emotions. No, no, that's okay. I'm on even keel and you have to be on even keel with me. Friend or foe, lover or relationship, you need to be on even keel with me. If not, I do not mind playing PlayStation by myself. I do not mind the least bit. But I do have a question to ask you, though, my dear Ashford. What are you most afraid of in being yourself? Pass. <laughs> I, I really don't know the answer to that. What, what am I most afraid of in being myself? Uh, I, I don't know. I really don't know. There's that's like a whole big well of things, and I I don't know how to explain it in a simple term. But I, I guess it comes down to just vulnerability, in a way. Um, like people finding out like the, all the true colors. Like they kind of they finally open the doors and they really see what's inside, and they do not like it at all. So I'm used to kind of I can be myself in my head. Um, through my like anonymous accounts like through reddit or tumblr or whatever um but like we're strangers have no idea who the hell i am and i can be a little bit like myself but it's i'm used to being an actor for a lot of people i don't it's not about me caring what they think and feel it's more of again i don't i don't want to deal with it if that makes sense so i'm used to portraying being someone else so I guess so it just goes down to I guess vulnerability and 
and whatnots. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I really didn't. I really did not expect an answer because there is no answer, you know. And if you did have an answer for it, it would take you a very, very long while to think about that. Because we as humans, we're constantly, you know, growing, evolving, and stuff of that nature. And I feel sorry for the people that choose not to evolve. But yeah, it's this vulnerability, it's insecurities, and and everything of the sort. Because we're all insecure creatures that just want to be accepted. And it's the rare ones that really don't care if we're loved or accepted or not. You know, I, you know, I, I would like to think I'm on that, you know, I'm on that boat, but nine times out of ten, I'm not. I'm still that same insecure little kid, you know, that wants love and affection, you know, from mom and dad and and friends and girlfriends and stuff like that. So it's just truly understandable. And of course, this has been another show where we're serious and we're supposed to talk about silliness <laughs> on this show but we always go back to the serious deep topics why is that long dramatic pause yeah no i don't know that's just how we are um you know what honestly i would love to have the title of this show be completely something else because the root of all ashley think this would be more chaotic and it's not really all that chaotic but it's so there's a podcast i listen to and i don't want to you know advertise it or whatnot because i want people to listen to us but it's called distractible and i thoroughly enjoy it um it's it's with the youtuber markiplier and because i he's like probably the only youtuber i actually really enjoy watching i don't care about other youtubers i don't care about it but he's thoroughly like an all-around good person um so if there's someone ever digs up dirt on him, I mean, someone can say that um, he steps on, oh, no, if he steps on puppies, okay, I have to at least unfollow him. But there's, he's just a well-around, like, good guy. His humor's on point. Um, his videos are great. He's, like, very wholesome, and I thoroughly enjoy him and his content. I have been for years. And then he has two friends, Bob and Wade, that he does videos, like, gaming videos with, and it's just hilarious what goes on between them so they have a podcast um you know most platforms but it's called distractible and all i can think is that would be the perfect name for this between you and i because we go we there's never a plan there i mean i will try to have a plan and it doesn't happen we we talk about multiple things that are unrelated to everything else we go down a rabbit hole that we start talking about um you know, celebrities smacking each other to, you know, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> the meaning to life is fun. That's the meaning of life. It's fun. Yeah. Not the meaning of life. I, yeah. The meaning of life is seven. Think so? It's seven. Oh, okay. I was actually shooting for nine, but nobody will get that joke. So, <laughs> so as we uh, wrap it up here, because we, we went an hour, once again, talking about deep, thought-provoking things. So, with the root of all, Ashley, how do you think this updated version of Slacking Majestically, I mean, what are your thoughts on how this show has evolved? Okay, I mean, like, again, we just kind of just talk about whatever that kind of pops in our mind. You ask more insightful things, and I don't appreciate that, because I don't want self-knowledge on myself i don't want the, these to become therapy sessions and i feel like this is what you're doing and i don't like it 
but I like I like the humor in it. I like that you and I can talk like we can talk about pretty much about a lot of things and you and I most of the time we're on different sides of whatever it is we're talking about. And there's the surprising moments that we actually agree. Like this episode, we actually kind of agreed with almost everything, which is scary. And then there was last week's episode where it was mostly just laugh and shenanigans. And that's what I like. I like to have fun. I like to laugh about stupid things. And it's hard to do that when these become therapy sessions, Adriana. Stop doing it. <laughs> but it's... So I, I enjoy them. I feel better because I have a mic and my voice sounds better. Um... And, you know, it's, for me, it's just it's just kind of going with the flow with this with this show. I look forward to it. There's things I occasionally I make notes about in my phone of what to say, but you know they never work out. They never get talked about because we end up talking about other things, and that's not like in a in a bad way. It's just we talk about worthwhile subjects, and I thoroughly like sitting and coming up with a new intro every week. They are and they are entertaining. I will never be able to top my Helen Keller one. I, that was my peak moment, and I can't and I can't pass it. <laughs> well, seeing so, this is your show. I will give you the opportunity to ask me anything you wish before we get to the plugs and Ashley's joke of the day. Ask. I don't know what to ask. Like, you're the one that likes the insightful something. And me, I'm more of like the jackass kind of way. Um, hmm. Oh my gosh, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> now I'm going to start thinking of things to ask you because I know you're a very private person. So, I'm, like, that's another reason, like, I have to think of what to ask you. Well, because well, I'm private, but there's still things I share to an extent. Well, I mean, most of the things I share about myself, you know, is my self-deprecating humor. You know, you know, thoughts and opinions on myself and how I perceive people. You know, the only thing I don't touch upon, you know, is my personal life. But other than that, by all means, you can ask anything you want. And at this point in time, I know people who are listening to the show right now are screaming, are screaming at the podcast going, ask this question, ask something, ask something about them. Because my other shows, I'm very vague. You know about who I am and what I represent, so it is no problem. I think I would have never guessed that about you. No, of course not. I know, open book. I know, chicks dig it. Um, but no, I know I've asked you a whole lot of questions about you, and I've gotten a whole lot of deep answers and more insight upon who Ashley Majestic is. And I think the audience of, you know, you know, I have that little bond with you a little bit, and that can, and they can relate, you know, to what you talk about and how you feel and stuff of that nature. So, I see, I see your play for asking a question, but I raise you on not answering a question, more, but more of share something about yourself that is personal, but not going into details, because you don't like talking about your personal life, so you don't have to go into details, but share something that is personal on you without going into details that no one knows about yet. Hmm. That's an actual good one. Um... See, this is the worst part about having a podcast. You never want silence. You never want dead air. So I don't want yeah, to get how's so. it feel? How's it feel to get thrown out of left field, huh? How do you like it when <laughs> someone does this to you, Adriana? Mm-hmm. Hey, I've been doing this for three years, so I'm used to it. It's no problem. 
Um, okay, fine. Personal thing about me is I cry. Not afraid to admit it. I cry. I think about my past and the things that I could have changed, the things that I should have changed, and the things I didn't change. You know, good, bad, indifferent, whether I was in the wrong or whether I was in the right. You know, I do shed tears over it. You know, more often than not, pretty weird thing. So, there you go. Something personal. Well, I appreciate the vulnerability and you revealing that fact about yourself. I was hoping for something more juicy, something more dirt, something like I could, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I, I didn't get an oomph out of this answer, but I will accept it. <laughs> well, I mean, well, well, what, were, what were you looking for? I'm curious. Indulge me. What were you looking for? I don't know. Like a dirty secret, a skeleton in your closet, something that you can reveal, and now the witness protection program has to relocate you. Like, just, I don't know something but i'll accept this answer because you you shared it um she's looking for something but she just won't say it it's okay though it's no problem i don't really know what but like i said i want something oh i want to be like where people listen like oh no kind of that kind of reaction where it's like oh he cries like you're Um, let's see, traveled to Germany, lived in Germany, was a professional wrestler, had a threesome twice. Um, and on top of that, I love my job. Um, I'm an artist, I'm a writer, I'm an entrepreneur. I have said this a million times, out of the ashes of my pain from last year, I've turned it into something tremendous and positive and affluent, and it's been great. I'll accept these. I, I mean, I, I mean, I rattled off a lot. And no, you didn't, and you didn't... I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> I rattled off all this stuff, and you didn't pick one of them. I mean, we. Wait, wait, no, because Maxa just thinks I was talking about her. Why you didn't even say your name? Why are you just gonna go off like sorry? I didn't understand that. I didn't talk about you. That's oh. frustrating. Mom's business. Alexa, right. play the Walker AC experience. Thank you. Uh, it doesn't pick up your voice. Damn it. Damn it, damn it. <laughs> As this show comes to a close, we have the final word. This is your show. So before you do the Ashley joke of the day, anything you would like to, uh, to speak on, to get off your chest, so to speak. without dead air really (laughs) this is your show here no nothing nothing to really get off my chest at the moment uh well i'll try to save rants for next week if i I can think of anything because i've been in a non-ranting mood for a while uh i mean i have gone on tangents but i just can't think of anything off the top of my chest and we don't have time for that but i mean you can always find me on instagram majestic nerd lady um that's pretty much the only platform you're gonna find me on I, once again, I do have an Instagram that's under the root of all Ashley, but I have made no posts to it. I've done nothing to it because let's face it, um, my, my drive to be productive is dangerously low. I mean, it's dangerously low in the middle of Death Valley and you're trying to get to a friend's wedding. It is just not, it's not working. I have things in my head. I'm like, oh, this will be fun to do. This is a cool idea. And let's face it, 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 it don't work. It don't go. So, once again, Majestic Nerd Lady, Instagram. 
that's where you can find me. You can message me and whatnot. So you can tell me about how horrible of a person I am. And then I'll send you back like a very awkward meme that's going to make you question life itself. Um, Adriana, where can the people find you? Well, they can find me in the links below. I'll have all the fun stuff with there. Now, um, I'm going to say, of course, you can find us on walkerac76.podbean.com. You can find us on Pandora, Spotify, Google Podcasting, Amazon, all that fun stuff in between. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at walkeracexperience76. That's all one word, walkeracexperience76. Go ahead and shoot me a tweet. Send me a friend request, whatever you wish to do. Um, there are little bits and bobs of me, memes, writings, links to the podcast, everything in between. Help me get my followers up. I do appreciate that. And, of course, you can always find us here every single Tuesday, whether it be the Walker AC Experience or the Root of All Ashley. And, of course, we do have a couple of new shows coming soon, so just pay attention. We have some more good stuff coming through, and we promise we'll be silly next week. We, we promise we're going to work on it. Make promises you can't deliver, Adriana. Once again, I'm starting to think this isn't the root of all Ashley. It's the therapy sessions of Ashley. We could change that name. (laughs) That that could be a nice t-shirt. No. So, So, I'm starting to... So, um, well, yeah, we're going to talk about these upcoming shows um, here later on. Because I... My question is, is one of the shows going to, to feature my friend? I think you have to stay tuned for that one. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. That's all I'll tell you. Uh, that's a yes. Okay. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. That's a yes. Because you would have said, oh, no, if it was early to no, you would have said, no, no, there's other things going on, though. Like, okay, I would have accepted that, but the way that you just answered that, that's a yes for me. And, um, maybe I'm going to be messaging him. I'm like, yo, what's up? You get on my turf now. What up? <laughs> Um, well, I mean, I have to have this universe padded. So when you fly off on your own and do your own thing, I have to have some. I have to have somebody ready, you know, to you know, like to, to, to fill that void. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I don't see myself flying off on my own, like ever or for a very long time, because it was just an idea. But once again, my motivation levels are very low. So it's like the idea is there, but the motivation for me to actually do it. It's it's very slim. It's slim to none. I don't actually think that's actually going to take off for me uh, because again, it requires a lot of work and dedication, and I'm just not that person. Well, so far, I mean, since you've uh, came back to the Walker AC universe, I mean, you've done tremendously well. You've been consistent. You know, you have you know given us you know thoughtful insight about you and your views and everything in between so i mean i think that you're ready i think that you're ready to have your own network and and do your own thing and be heard why not go for it and you do all the you do all the hard work i just show up and and talk and let people hear my horrible voice you do everything else you do all the hardware you do the uploading and the other stuffs that i don't even know but you do everything else i again i just show up and just talk into a mic and then leave I can do everything else. So it's everything else. I'm like, do I really want to deal with all that right now? So that's, even if it were to happen, it's quite some time. You know, don't be in so much of a rush to replace me. I know you you want to, but you're stuck with me for a while still. It's working out so far so good. (laughs) 
an hour and 15 minutes. I, I do want to bring back, because, okay, you, you two just recorded a show, and there's a possibility, I mean, who knows? Uh, you know, you guys might have your own little episode every week or whatnot. But I wanted to invite him back to the show. I don't know, maybe for the next recording or another show. But, like, you know, I think it's interesting that the three of us kind of have different outlooks on things. So, and, of course, the shenanigans. So I think I might want to bring him back again, but you know, again, he might be doing his own show and stepping on my turf. So, you know, we might have to, that, that episode is going to be mostly me just insulting him and his ancestors. I think he'll enjoy it and he truly misses you and he would love to do another show with all three of us again. He, he shares the same sentiment. So absolutely. I believe the next show we do, I think all three of us should go back and do a, do it one more time. One more time. Okay, right. continuous. Continuous. That's fine. But, three of us are better than okay. two. I was like, damn. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Um, you're now listening to the final episode of Beautiful Ashley. You know, we appreciate those that have stuck around. But, you know, Adriana just isn't feeling the vibe. And he thinks he can just move on to better things and, you know, have a whole new list of people to do shows with because, you know, fuck Ashley. <laughs> No, you're not leaving us that quick. We've lost you for a couple of years. We finally got you back. You're not leaving us. Nope. Sorry. Well, okay. Well, that is to be debated. We'll see how long this is going to last because, you know, you might get better people and better slots in the week. And, like, you know what? Don't really need her. Don't, you know, she's, she's sketchy. She can bail and run at any time. I don't need her. I don't need this liability on me. I, I have my own things going. But, you know, that's... That's all well said and done, and that's for another conversation once again. Um, the real question is, why are there Pop-Tarts, but no Mom-Tarts? You're stepping on my Pop-Tarts. You are really going to step on my Pop-Tarts now? Step on the Pop-Tarts. You know, you know, why are there Pop-Tarts, but there's no Mom-Tarts? Why is that? Because of the patriarchy. Good night. <sighs> <laughs>